I want to share just, just not long this morning on this thought, this question actually, have you lost your cutting edge? Have you lost your cutting edge? Look at your neighbor and say, he may be talking about you this morning. Man. <laughs> there are many people in this Bible story that I read today. But there are two main characters I want to emphasize on. One is an unnamed prophet student. And then there is the prophet Elisha. Most of you remember Elisha had been Elijah's student. But when Elijah was taken to heaven in a chariot of fire, then Elisha became God's chosen uh, uh, successor to Elijah. Elisha became God's chosen one, and God would richly bless Elisha. Elisha's ministry would be so blessed, he would give him the double portion that he had desired. Elisha's ministry would last 50 years. And during those 50 years, there were many, many exciting miracles that would take place. The Scripture that we just read in 2 Kings begins by telling us that they had a problem. These young seminary students had a problem. The building that they were meeting in was not large enough for them. So they went to the prophet Elisha and they said, hey, it's too small. Do we have your permission? Do we have your okay to go to the River Jordan? Because there's an area close to the river where there's a lot of trees. Can we go and can we cut some trees down? Can we build a larger building so we can all fit in it and be taught the Word of God? So the plan was for each student to cut down one beam of wood. What a beautiful picture of people coming together, working together in unity, everybody doing their part to achieve a common goal. Can I say right there, church, every one of you is needed today. It takes every one of us if we're going to do what God's called us to do. And so they tell Elisha their plan, and Elisha said, that sounds good to me, go. So Elisha and his young students head down to the Jordan River. They're going to build a new campus. And when they get there, they immediately begin to work cutting down trees. Each one of those students is doing their part when one of the students, as he's swinging his axe, as he's working, as he's chopping on the tree, the Bible says the iron axe head flies off the handle that he had borrowed and it fell into the Jordan River, sinking straight down to the bottom. I want you to think about this for a moment. Many of you here in this room, you've been successful in areas of work. You've been successful in areas of ministry, no matter what that area is. You've been successful and effective in areas of serving the Lord. But how many here, you don't have to raise your hands or say me or amen, but listen to me, how many of you have ever lost your cutting edge? Have you ever lost your effectiveness in doing that work? 
Have you ever lost the excellence? Have you lost the favor? Have you lost the passion? Have you lost the zeal? Have you lost the fervor and the strength? You Were you at one time working with great strength and effort on fire and with fervor and, and, and passion and the, the chips, so to speak, were flying in all directions and trees were falling and you were building and advancing the kingdom of God? You were on fire. You were anointed teaching. You were anointed singing. You were anointed praying. You were anointed ushering and giving and whatever the Lord had called you to do. You were on fire. You had your edge. You knew you were making a difference with the gift that God had given you. But I must warn you, if we're not careful, we can lose our edge. And I can stand here and I have to admit, I have to be transparent. Even as a pastor, there's been times in my life I've lost my edge. I lost my effectiveness. And I had to do something about it. Church, if we've lost the cutting edge or our effectiveness, we need to ask God to help us get it back. I want you to notice today, without the axe head, work for that student came to a halt. It came to a close for him. Can you imagine him? Here he is, and this is an actual axe handle. It used to have an axe head on it, but at some point it came off. Can you imagine that young seminary student out there, his axe head has flown off. It's at the bottom of the Jordan River. Can you imagine if he kept on trying to work? He's not going to do anything. He might bruise up that piece of wood a little bit, but he's not going to cut it in two. Can you imagine? And at that moment, these young seminary students, the Bible said they were in a crucial moment. They were in a crucial moment for their time. I don't have to emphasize here a lot, but how many know that the church today in 2023 is at a critical juncture, a critical time? We're in a crucial time. And if we don't, if we're not at our best, if we don't have the edge, souls are at stake. What is it that gives you and I, the church, our edge? What is our edge today? What causes you and I and the church to make a difference and and to be effective? Yes, I'm thankful for planning. I'm thankful we've got a meeting this evening where we're planning and preparing for some things that are coming. I'm thankful for programs. I'm thankful for events. I'm, I'm thankful for good classes. I'm thankful for services. I'm thankful for instruments and singers and songs. I'm thankful for beautiful buildings. But what is it that gives us the edge that makes us effective? I'm coming to tell you, it's not all of those things and they're important, but the most important thing that's going to make a difference in a church and a servant of the Lord is something called the presence of God, the power of God, the anointing of God, the Holy Ghost of God. It's not more education and I'm for it. It's not more organization and I'm for it. It's not finer equipment and I'm for it, but I've come to tell you that thing that will make a difference is something called the Spirit of the living God because last time I read my Bible it said it's not by might nor by power but it's going to happen because of my spirit says the Lord if you believe that give him a praise today hallelujah hallelujah 
I've been in church long enough to know. I've pastored long enough to know. I've evangelized long enough to know. Come on. That, 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 that the way a church sings, there's a difference in the way a church sings. There's a difference in the way a church preaches. There's a way, there's a difference in the way a church reaches out to others. There's a difference in the way a church loves on one another. There's a difference in the way a church evangelizes when the power of God is present and the anointing of God is on that church and on their lives. Amen. When a church loses their edge and when a church loses the anointing and the touch of God, it becomes just just a church. I don't want to be just a church. I don't think Mount Holly Church ought to be just a church. I think Mount Holly Church ought to be the church because the church is a church that works for God. Just a church works for itself. The church is filled with passion and zeal and excitement for God. A church has none. It's ritual. It's going through the motions. It's sitting there with arms folded. Well, preach, bless me if you can, bless God. Uh Uh-uh. The church is a church that's expecting God's return soon. A church can't even get people to come back. The church is seeing souls saved. A church doesn't. And if there was a time that we needed the church, it is now because we're living in desperate times. We're living in crucial times. Come on. And the young student at a crucial moment in their ministry lost the axe head. The very thing that made the difference in his work, that made him effective, that gave him an edge. And I'm here today to tell you, church, the church in general, some people in general have lost it and they need to find it. So if you've lost it today, if the church has lost it today, how are we going to get it back? I'm going to give you two or three quick steps based upon what this student did. Number one, if you don't feel the fire, if you don't feel the fervor like you used to, if you don't have the edge, if you, don't have, you feel like you're just mundane, going through the motions, through the rut, come on, then, you, then, then, then you've lost it. And you've got to be willing, number one, first step to admit it. You can't be so prideful and say, I got it and I got it, when you know you don't got it. I think one of the first steps that an alcoholic or a drug addict has to do if they want to get true help, they've got to admit, hey, hey, I've got a problem here. And if we've lost the edge and the anointing, we've got to be man enough, woman enough to say, hey, I need help here. I don't have it like I used to. And the first step the young student had to take, he had to admit he no longer had his cutting edge. He had lost that thing that made the difference. It had slipped off. He really didn't mean for it to, but it had happened and it had sank to the bottom of the river. River. He was so busy working for God, but suddenly, all of a sudden, he was no longer effective. I thought about this. When I think about people today, he could, have, he could have been happy to have lost it. My God, I'm thankful that thing flung off and I can't see it. And it's now, now I don't have to work anymore. 
Now I've got an excuse not to serve. Now I've got an excuse not to help do anything. I've got an excuse. I don't have it anymore. It's lost. Could have been, it could have been his excuse, in the, the excuse to stop working altogether. And people make excuses. To, I'm too young to do that or I'm too old to do that. He might have found him a, a nice shade tree over there and he was watching all the other students down by the river and they were swinging that axe. They were dripping sweat. They were tired. And he said, I'm glad I've lost mine. I've got a reason now. I can take it easy. I can coast. I can get over here up under the shade tree. I can sip on a glass of tea and I can just watch everybody else do everything because I've been doing it so long. It's somebody else's turn. Well, didn't nobody even asked me anyway. And he probably made up, I don't know if that was him or not, but I know it's some people. He could have done this too. He could have said, on the other hand, he could have did this. He could have said, what problem? I don't have a problem. I didn't lose my axe head. Don't you see it right? Everything's fine in my life. Everything's perfect in my house. I don't have any problems in my home. I don't have any problem in my life. He could have denied it and put on a fake smile instead of admitting the truth that he lost it and said, I don't have a problem. He could have just kept on swinging the stick with no axe head. And buddy, you know what? He would have just been going through the motions and not making a difference. I don't know about you, church, but I'm tired as an individual. I'm tired as a minister. I'm tired of the church realm in general going through the motions and not seeing souls saved and not seeing people filled and not seeing people delivered. You know why it's happening? Because too many have lost the age and we got to get it back. I'm passionate today about this because I know this is the truth today that I'm preaching. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You've got to understand today, we are the handle. Christ is the head. We're the handle today. And Jesus Christ is the head. And without the head, all that's left is just an old stick. We can do nothing. We cannot be effective without Christ being the head. Ephesians 5 and 23 says Christ is the head of the church. Colossians 1, He is the head of the body, of the body which is the church. Let me remind you what the story said too. When this axe head flew off in the water and he lost it, he cried out. He said, oh my Lord, that axe was borrowed. Back then, we're told that iron axe heads were rare. They were expensive. And remember, this young man was a student. How many know students don't have no money? I thought I'd get a bigger amen from maybe this section over here. Students don't have no money. Somebody had loaned him that axe head. He said, this thing was borrowed. And if somebody had not loaned him this axe head, he would not have been able to do the work. you got to see where I'm going. Somebody had loaned it to him. And he was able to work. He was able to make a difference for the kingdom of God. But when it came off, he couldn't. But somebody had loaned him. They had let him borrow this axe head. Have you thought about it today, church? That your talents and your gifts and your abilities are borrowed too? Do you know 
what God has gifted you for and called you to do and given you the abilities to do, whether it's to pray, sing, preach, teach, organize, usher, greet, whatever it may be, start businesses, come on, whatever it may be. Do you know whatever ability and gift is on loan from, to us from God? And let me tell you like it, I want to preach it. God has not given you nor me permission to stop using them for Him. Oh, that's good, Pastor. Let me, let me say it again then. God has not given us permission to stop using them. But so many have. And if we've lost our edge, we better go back and admit it. The student admitted it. And the second thing he did, he had to determine the exact spot where he lost it. How many of you have a problem misplacing things sometimes, forgetting where you put stuff? I mean, we'll, we'll lay keys down, we'll lay especially our phones down. Where did I put that? And we get more upset about finding those things, trying to find those, than the anointing of God. How many of you have ever lost your glasses and looked for a Two hours and it's on your head. I mean, I mean, we do stuff like that. Elisha asked this student the question, where did it fall? This young student, he did not plan to lose it. How did he lose the axe head, the thing that made him effective? He lost it by simply not paying attention. I've chopped some wood in my life. When I lived at home as a kid. We had a fireplace. We would cut wood and I chopped wood. My dad had an axe and I've used other axes before. I'd be working away, not paying attention to this axe head, not realizing that it, had, it was slipping up little by little. And at some point, swinging away, it would fly off. I didn't mean to lose it. I didn't want it to come off. I didn't do it on purpose. But do you know why it come off the end of the stick? Because I wasn't paying attention. I was not being observant that it had gotten loose and it was starting to slide down to the end. You see, if I'd been paying attention like I should have been, I would have stopped the moment and I'd bumped it back down and then I would have gone at it again. I've come to tell you, there's moments in my life spiritually that I have to watch myself. I have to examine myself. And when I start getting a little loose or things start getting a little slack. I got to take a praise break or I got to get on my knee and I got to get things back and then when I do man here I go again working for God, working for the kingdom I, so we don't mean to do this we don't mean to get slack but it happens it happens sometimes our prayer life will slip. Our service to the Lord will slip. Our excitement will slip. Our giving will slip. Our anointing will slip. It'll suddenly fade away until suddenly it's gone. 
And Elisha said, where did it fall? I want to tell you today, church, if you've lost it, you've got to admit it, and you've got to go back to where you lost it, and you've got to find it. If you've not been praying, go back and pray. If you've been neglecting the Word of God, go back and pick it up. If you've not been obedient to what God's asked you to do, go back and start being obedient. If you're not being faithful in an area, go back and be faithful. If you've stepped away from the fire, get back to the fire. If you've lost his presence come on somebody find him again hallelujah if you've lost it admit it if you've lost it figure out where you lost it then you've got to reach for it notice the prophet made him take him down to where he lost it the Bible says Elisha cut a limb from the tree why not just Find a dead stick on the ground and use it because only one with life will see the supernatural. And there was a miracle about to take place. And God will only use churches that are alive. He won't use dead churches. Notice the prophet made him take him to where he lost it. He cuts him a stick and he takes the stick and he puts it in the water and a miracle takes place. An iron axe head, we all know they'll sink. I'd love to have been there that day for that, wouldn't you? Up through the water, an iron axe head comes swimming. And that which was lost was now found. That which had been borrowed had now been restored. 2 Kings 6 and 7 says, Take it up to thee, And he picked it up and took it with his hand. In other words, church, he had to retrieve it. He had to reach for it. The one, the one who lost it is the one who had to get it back. I can't get it back for you today. Your mama can't get it back for you today. Your favorite TV preacher can't get it back for you today. You've got to get it back. Once the young student admitted it, once he went back to where he lost it, and once he reached for it and took it, the work could be completed. Hear me today, church. We will never complete the mission and vision without the edge, without the anointing, without the power. Without it, everything is on hold. Everything is going through the motions. The anointing, the power of God is the edge that makes us different. That helps us do those things we can't do by ourselves and in the flesh. There's a lot of things right now I need the supernatural help with. I need the anointing to help me with. I can't do it. I've tried. It's believed that when Jesus gave the Great Commission, some 500 were present, but only 120 tarried. Why? Maybe some got tired. Maybe some doubted. Maybe other things were more important. 380 missed it. My point is this, that His presence, His anointing, the cutting edge, revival, 
are only obtained if we reach for it, if we put forth an effort. Matthew 7 says, Ask and it shall be given, seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. How hungry today are you after God? How hungry are you today for all He has for your life? Psalm 107, For He satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. So I've come before you today, Mount Holly Church, to challenge you and myself. Let's finish the work. I heard one amen. Does anybody want to finish the work? Does anybody see this is a crucial time? And I'm not being sarcastic and ugly. I'm I'm being real. I'm being a pastor today of concern. The last two Wednesdays I preached about the church needing to be a militant army. Preached this past Wednesday about the church. We're living in difficult times. It's not time to play patty cake. And if we're going to be a church that has revival and makes the difference, we're going to have to reach for it. It's not going to just come to us. Amen. Hallelujah. Without the edge and without the axe head, the work stops. Without God's presence, His anointing, without the Holy Spirit, the work stops. The church will not move forward. The axe had purpose. And the one who lost it had to find it. Then he had to reach for it. See, and he knows how to use this thing better than me. See, I can stand up here all day long. And I can take what used to be a good axe. It's gone. It's slipped off. It's lost. And I could act like everything's fine while children are dying around us and going to hell, while souls are... I can smile, everything's fine. I'm working for the Lord. I I come to church on Sunday. I pay my tithe. I pray once a day. Everything, I'm working. I could stand up here literally and take this axe handle and I could beat this wood for two hours and it'd still look the same. Wasting my energy and time. But if we'll admit we've lost something and we'll go back to where we lost it and we'll reach for it. And when we get it back, and when we get it back, and then we do the work God's called us to do. Watch what happens when we've got our edge and we've got the anointing and we've got the power. Watch what happens. Then we make a difference. Then we're powerful. Then we can chop some wood. Then we can chase some demons. Then we can take back what some of the enemy stole. Then we can see a harvest. It's going to take the edge. It's going to take the Holy Ghost. It's going to take power. We cannot do it in our strength. We can't do it based on who we are and a name over our door and a pretty building. And I'm sorry if you don't agree or this hurts your feelings, but you better know it's the God-given truth today. And if the church doesn't wake up, What's it going to be like in a generation or two? We need some strong churches. We need some people who will man up and woman up and say, hey, I admit it. I don't have it like I did. 
But I'm burdened and I'm concerned for my children and I'm concerned for my community and I'm concerned for my church. And I'm going to go back to where I lost. It may have been 20 years ago, but I'm going to go back and I'm going to do what I was doing then that made a difference. I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast. I'm going to serve. I'm going to worship. And I'm going to reach for everything God's got. 